What's going on, y'all? It's your boy Tavares from Godly Dating 101, and today I'll be doing today's podcast, and I just want to be able to touch on a subject that I believe that we we say in a vague way a lot. I know you all know us as Godly Dating 101, and we say that a lot, but at the end of the day, how does that look practically? I know a lot of times you guys may have simple questions on like, so what can I do? You know, because you get the principles we may say, but you also want to apply some things in your day-to-day life. And I'm hoping that today's episode won't be long and it'll be very practical. You'll be able to take something into your relationship or in your future relationships that you can apply. But while I have you here in the beginning, I just want to say if you have not gave a review before, please do so if you're on Apple um, Apple Podcasts. For anyone else on any other platform like Spotify, Google Podcasts or whatever else, just feel free to share. I know they don't do any reviews um, because they're not as cool as Apple. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, we appreciate the support. We appreciate you guys always tuning in. The amount of people that are listening is absolutely insane. Um, but I know you guys aren't here for that. So let me just dive in today's episode. Today, I'll be talking about Bible study tips for couples. And like I said previously, you know, it's so easy for us to say we should do things God's way. But I know a lot of you are wondering, how can I do it God's way? So today I want to talk about how do we do Bible study? We'll do prayer another time. We'll probably do fasting another time. But today I want to talk about Bible study. And the first thing I want to say that you should aim to do is you should be reading your Bible yourself. (laughs) You know, um, a lot of people, they try to start, you know, godly dating, um, godly relationships. However, they're not living a godly life themselves, you know, and that's not the bash anyone, but the Bible says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119, I believe that's 105. And we have to take that into consideration that we're going to live a life of sin if we don't know the word of God, or we're going to live a life in darkness if we don't know the word of God, because the Bible says his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, which means anyone who is not being led by the word of God is being led by their flesh, or we're being led by the world, we're being led by whatever trends or whatever culture is preaching, you know, we're going to be so easy to, you know, be swaying from side to side. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with certain people, but, or maybe you're one of those. And if you are, I just pray that, you know, you continue to grow. But I know many have had conversations with people, whereas you try to show them the scriptures and their response will be, well, well, the way I feel or the way I see it, or they'll say something like, I just don't think that's what that's what um, God was trying to tell us. But they have no scripture verses to back up what they're saying. And I'm not saying just because someone can't pinpoint a verse means it's not accurate. I'm not saying just because someone doesn't know exactly where something is taken from that they're ignorant. But at the end of the day, God is more important than how our, how we feel. God's word trumps our feelings. God word, God's word is more important than you know, catering to our emotions and whatever we want to do. Because if you pay attention to Christianity today, there are a lot of people that want, they they serve a Jesus that doesn't exist. You know, everything is about them. You know, God is their genie. You know, we want him as savior, but we don't want him as Lord. You know, so if you want to be able to have a godly relationship and you want to be able to not even just have a godly relationship, but live a godly lifestyle, you have to know God for yourself. And you're not going to know God for yourself outside of his word. 
John 1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Um, so you have to understand that knowing the word of God, knowing the voice of God, knowing the plan of God is all found in his word because God is his word. The word never fails. The Bible cannot tell a lie. And that's because God can't tell a lie. The Bible can't fail. And that's because God can't fail. You know, so the more of a personal relationship we have with the word of God, it's the easier it would be for us to have, you know, a godly relationship or easier for us to share God with the relationships that we have in our life. And I know there are some simple ways you can do that. A lot of people like to do Bible plans. Um, I'm not a huge fan of doing Bible plans because sometimes you'll miss a day and then you feel, you know, feel a bit devastated. <laughs> um, I, I love using version Bible app, though. So if you guys don't have a Bible app on your phone, Please, this is a shameless plug. I'm not sponsored by you version, but I'm telling you, do that. It'll bless you. They have some easy plans, whether you're struggling with depression, anxiety, lust, pride, fear, anger, anything. You version has a plan for almost everything. And if you fall behind, that's fine. Pick yourself up, dive back into the word of God. But before you can have a relationship with anyone else, um, before you can have a godly relationship with anyone else, please be sure that you're aiming to live a godly relationship for yourself. Because ultimately, that's what matters. It doesn't matter if your relationship looks great on social media if you go to hell. It doesn't matter if your relationship, you know, is popular if you guys don't know God. It doesn't matter how much money you get and you guys are chasing a bag and you want to call yourself couple goals or whatever you want to call yourself. It doesn't matter if God isn't in it. Um, but I want to dive into another point that I think is very important when you're in a relationship and you're trying to learn the word of God together. I believe that you guys should take turns teaching. And I say that because you don't know everything and they don't know everything. And a lot of times it's easier to understand a scripture from a different perspective because I've grown up in church my whole life. And, and unfortunately, I know that some ways that I've heard things may not have been correct or maybe I've heard something preached correctly or taught correctly so many times that I can never see it another way. And it's not that saying it's not saying that scripture one verse can be taken a million ways because somebody has to be wrong. But at the same time, we see things through our lens and we should be able to, you know, see things from someone else's perspective. And that's how we relate to people. That's how we love people in the world. That's how we we understand people when we can see things from their perspective. So some days you can expound on, you know, whatever God has been showing you, you know, whatever God has been speaking in your heart, whatever God has been speaking to you in your private devotional time. And they can speak on certain days on what God has been showing them, you know, um, however you all, you all choose to do that. Obviously, it doesn't have to be done a specific way. But I believe taking turns teaching is good because it helps us see if the person that we're with is actually reading their Bible. You know, um, I received a, a message from someone a while back and. I didn't get the chance to respond because there's so many messages. Guys, if I'm behind, I apologize. If you respond, if you message me and I didn't get to it yet, I apologize. But there was someone that messaged me saying that, hey, um, I just found out that a, a, a guy that I was with for a couple years, or maybe they said months, but a couple years um, is agnostic. What do I do? Um, huh? You know, uh, if only you could see my face. Because I'm confused. I have a confused face as I did in the very beginning. And it was weird to me, not because I'm thinking she's foolish, but it was weird to me that you were with someone for a long period of time. And you didn't even know what they believed. 
Um, you guys never held conversations about the word of God, you know, and that shows that a lot of times when we're in these lukewarm relationships or when we're in these unequally yoked relationships, how far they can pull us away from God that we don't even realize that God isn't even at the center of it. You know, so one of the things that I would say is you have to let this person show you what God is speaking to them, because if God isn't speaking to that person, that means they're not listening. I'm not saying somebody needs to wake up 3 3 a.m., hear an audible voice from God, thus saith the Lord or anything super deep and spiritual. But I have a Bible right there beside me. And um, if I want to hear God's voice, I can literally open it. And the words on that Bible, you know, inside of that Bible is the word of God. You know, the Bible is from many authors, many different authors, but it's all inspired by the word of God. The Bible mentions that all scripture is profitable, you know, for doctrine, for correction, for rebuke. Every part of the Bible is important. So if someone is saying that God isn't speaking to them, that means they're not in their word. If someone is saying that God, you know, they don't have a connection with God, then that just shows, you know, a broken relationship with the word of God. And I'm not saying every time you open the Bible, you understand it, but God will draw you in. You know, so Jesus said, no one comes to the father, but through me, no one is going to understand the word of God unless God gives them revelation, because there's some people pay thousands of dollars to go to theology school and they don't know God. You know, it's all about relationship. You know, it doesn't matter how great of a preacher you are if you don't have that connection, if you don't have that relationship. So it's great to see when that person is able to to teach you the word of God and maybe they're not a teacher. But, you know, they just read something simple. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And they're telling you how they've experienced God's faithfulness through, you know, through their through their faith in him. God has been, you know, providing. They can just simply show you. And it doesn't mean your Bible study has to be long, but you have to be with someone that wants to know more of God because everyone isn't a Bible scholar and you know everyone isn't some amazing theologian. But. We are all theologians. That just means someone who studies the word of God. You know, we need to study and you need to be with someone that is willing to study and is willing to put in the effort. You know, so you need to pay attention to if they're in their word or not. You know, so they may not know much, but please understand that it's an amazing thing when you see someone trying because that's where you see a relationship you can build on. I don't need to marry someone that's a preacher. If they're studying the word of God and they're growing, you know, um, before I married Safa, I've preached plenty of times, taught for years. I don't know if Safa was teaching for years. I don't know if she well, Safa did preach a couple of times, but I don't believe her church um, was large enough that it needed that many teachers, I would say. So she wasn't really known as a teacher. But I did know she knew, you know, knew her Bible. She understood, um, you know, fundamental beliefs. She understood how to get close to God outside of church, you know, and that's important. I believe that you want to know how much this person knows and you want to see that they actually have an interest in growing, you know, because if that person is not even trying to teach, they may not care about making disciples, you know. So on their own time, they may not care about bringing anyone to church because they're not even reading their Bible. They may not care to sh- tell anyone their testimony. Why? Because they don't know anything. You know, all they know is, oh, well, I used to smoke weed and now I don't. Well, you know, praise God. That's a good testimony. But did, has God done anything else? Do you know anything about him that you can share? You know, the Bible says we should always be ready to give an account for our beliefs. That, I believe that's in Peter. But there's a scripture that we all know as the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So when Jesus left, he didn't leave many instructions. If you think about someone on quote unquote, like their deathbed or, you know, their last moments, they try to tell you what's most important and what's what they want you to fulfill. 
when Jesus was leaving earth, he gave his disciples a, a commandment, you know, go and teach, decide, go teach and make disciples. And disciples is someone, a disciple is someone that learns from someone and is teaching another person. So you're learning enough that you can share it with someone else. And we have to understand that Christianity is all about discipleship, you know, and I don't know what church you go to. And I know a lot of churches think Christianity is all about marketing and Christianity is all about cool books and skinny jeans and fancy fancy things. And it's not about all those things. It's about winning souls. You know, God is God is good. He wants to heal us. He wants to deliver us. He wants us to experience freedom. But at the end of the day, he wants us to experience him because there is no joy outside of God. There is no true joy and peace outside of Christ. You know, so Christianity is all about discipleship. And I believe that we should be willing, you know, to teach someone else. And we, we won't be able to teach someone else if we don't know anything. Um, my second point that I want to bring to you all is Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Please do not belittle their walk with God, you know, because I just said all of that. And uh, I know a lot of people who think, man, I just don't know my word like she does. Like I'm trying to see God, but this girl been in church forever. She knows so much or some sisters feel inferior because, you know, sometimes they may think they're just eye candy. You know, they married a guy who's a preacher or they're dating a guy with so much promise and she may be a new convert or she just may not know that much. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, we shouldn't be looking down on people. You know, I honestly believe that someone can be, I won't say unequally yoked inside the church, but they can be on two different levels or two different, they can have two different complete perspectives or be at two different maturity levels and their relationship can fail, you know, because they, you know, a pastor shouldn't date a new convert. <laughs> if you get what I'm saying, like not saying, you know, a pastor can't date someone spiritual, you know, or a new convert is not going to help them love God. But at the same time, you know, certain things, it just doesn't make any sense, you know. So unless God sent you to do that, because I have no... No way to disrespect what someone is doing when they're doing out of, you know, obedience to God. But maybe you know someone that knows a lot and they, or maybe you know someone that doesn't know, you know, too much. It doesn't matter. You know, the goal is for you to grow. Um, so we should be able to use the opportunity, you know, to teach them more. If I'm if I know more than Safa, I should be willing to show Safa help disciple her. Or if she knew more than me, she should be able to help disciple me. And and yes, I know you guys may think, yeah, the husband is the, the head of the, the house. Yes, he is, but he's not God of the house, you know, and we should be pushing one another to help one another to grow spiritually. We should be pushing one another to teach our son to grow spiritually. We should be pushing one another in every aspect, you know. You can show them what, you know, what you used to grow spiritually. What did you do? How did you learn so many verses? Were you using flashcards? Were you always on your Bible app? What what were you doing? You know, you're able to show them, you know, study habits or tips that they can use. And I believe that helps a relationship <clears throat> that helps the relationship become more effective, more loving, you know, and more connected when a person doesn't feel like you're looking down on them, but they feel as though you're pulling them up to where you are and you're saying, let's grow together. Because there are a lot of people, I want to say, yeah, self-righteous is really what they are, you know, because they think 
oh, well, I'm too spiritual. I'm not about to waste my time on X, Y, Z. And while I believe that when you have a calling on your life, you shouldn't settle. I also believe that you shouldn't look down on other people because they don't know as much as you or they may not be able to do as much as you because God didn't call us to run the same race and everyone's ministry looks different. For example, a lot of people think I'm, I don't know, some guru because of Godly Dating 101, but I don't know as much as everyone else. I can learn from every one of you. There are a lot of people that have ministries smaller than mine that may have more wisdom. So who am I to think someone isn't effective or someone isn't good enough unless they have 100,000 followers? That is the most immature thing, (laughs) you know, so please don't think we have to you know, belittle them. You should compliment them, you know, whenever you see them growing. Oh, you saw that they, you know, were studying, they learned a verse this week or whatever they did. Compliment them, let them know, you know, reassure them. Let them know that the change doesn't always happen immediately, but you see it and you're supporting them and it makes them want to keep going forward, you know, because if you only speak to someone when they're doing wrong, it's going to ruin their confidence. And I had to learn that with my wife as well, because not that I was um, putting her down over the Bible, but in general, I didn't realize that sometimes I had a tone, whereas I would be way more vocal when it's something dealing with correction or, babe, that was wrong. You shouldn't have done that. But when she did something right, all it was was, good job, babe. You know what I mean? But if, I, if she did something wrong, I'm whining and I'm bringing it up. And what does that do? It, it kills her confidence. So if if I'm cooking and I didn't do a good job and my wife is like, hey, babe, it wasn't great, but I appreciate you cooking. Uh, you know, thank you for you know sacrificing all that time and X, Y, Z. Then that shows me she's appreciative, even though it wasn't good. You know, but if she were to say this food is trash, <laughs> um, for one, you can go buy Papa John's yourself. Like, I don't care. You go figure it out then, you know, and then it leads into conflict, you know. But when you're building someone up, it gives them more of a drive to want to keep doing more, you know. So celebrate their progress, you know, because that'll give them motivation to study and see God more. And it's not that they'll be doing it for you, but they'll be seeing that, oh, well, the more I see God is the more growth I see in myself and others can see in me. And I always want to grow, especially when I know other people are impacted by my growth. Excuse me. Another impact. Another point I want to bring up is um, I don't think it was really a big point, but I did, I did want to make you guys know that I don't think the translation is the biggest concern when it comes to <laughs> couples doing Bible studies. I'm not a fan of some of these um, things that people use. Like I've heard a couple verses of scripture from the message. And fam, I have no idea if I'm listening to HBO or the Bible. (laughs) It's like, what what are you talking about? You know, but whatever works for you all, just try to be as true to the um, original text as possible. I try to stay King James Version if I can, you know, because I do know this close to the original text. ESV and NLT are also a bit helpful for me. Um, English Standard Version, that is, and New Living Translation, in case any one of you are wondering what you should read. If you're a new convert, um, meaning you're new to the faith, I think those are easy to understand because they're easy English, not necessarily because they take stuff down and water it down. I just believe it's simple, especially for youth. If you're a teenager or so in King James, you don't speak Shakespeare, <laughs> you know, so feel free to do that. Um, ultimately, the point is John seven seventeen. 17, John seventeen seventeen. sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus's goal is not for you to, you know, pray in King James, you know, oh, Lord, thou knowest, you know, that's not necessarily God's goal. His goal is to sanctify you by his word, you know, because the Bible says in Psalms 119 and 9 as well, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way. And it's by taking heed to the word. It's not about 
any of these other things. We're not going to be cleansed. We're not going to be free from sins outside of the word of God. We're not going to be delivered from our issues outside of God's word. Another thing that I used to do that I feel um, can be convenient for you all, if you want to consider it, is send each other, you know, random Bible verses throughout the day. You know, remind them about a scripture you two have been discussing at church or at home. Um, this is something that I've maybe because of my dad's I, my first cell phone. I got it probably about 10th grade. And I believe since then until now, my dad literally will send me random Bible verses about whatever he's reading, you know, or whatever he's praying for me regarding, you know, so he'll send encouragement. If Say I, I told my dad, man, like, man, I'm struggling with lust. He'll send me something regarding lust, you know, something about crucifying the flesh. My mentor also did that as well. Or say, man, I'm, I'm worried about my funds. And my dad will send me a verse saying, you know, God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And it's not that my dad is showing me how many verses he knows, but he's showing me that, yes, he's my dad, but he's not my source. God is my source. And I believe that you have to remind a person you're dating that God is their source. And I say that because a lot of people idolize the person that they're dating and they allow that person to take God's place and put God in the backseat. And then when the relationship fails, because God wasn't at the center, now when the relationship fails, now they realize that, you know, they don't have the person and they don't have that same connection with God. Listen to me, guys, as much as you can focus on Jesus because you have no idea you have to understand people will fail you. And it's not that because people are evil. It's because people are people and we are sinful. And outside of Jesus, we are not going to be perfect. Outside of Jesus, we're not going to be able to um, express the fruit of spirit. Outside of Jesus, we're going to hurt people, you know, whether intentional or unintentional. Outside of Jesus, we're not going to meet everyone's expectations. People are going to offend us. And we have to understand that we have to keep God at the center and we can't replace him just because he's in our relationship. You know, so some sending scripture verses, I want to say that's something I've slacked on as well. And something I should, you know, get back to doing, um, you know, with my wife, especially because I used to do it in the past, whereas I would send people verses and I want to do it to get an amen in return. But after a while, you know, I was just like, I don't know if it, it helps anyone, you know. So the people that it did help, I, I would stick to it with them. But my mentor used to send me these verses, you know, especially when he knew I was struggling. And I feel like a lot of times we we get to a point where we feel like we're strong spiritually and we stop doing something and then we get weak again. Why? Not because we're imperfect. Not Well, we are. It's not because we're not starving to please God. It's because we got comfortable. It's because we got lazy. It's because we got complacent in our walk with God. And I believe that if you want a relationship to continually grow spiritually, you want to make sure that person has Jesus on their mind. You know, because a lot of us, you know, we have stressful jobs. We have stressful school situations. We're parents, you know, we're in all kind of different situations. And if someone just shoots you that verse that reminds you that God will keep you in perfect peace, just keep your mind on him or the Bible mentioning, you know, that God is able to give you the peace that passes all understanding. When you read a message like that after a day of nonsense, after a day of biting your tongue when people have been messing with you after a day, you know, where you're just stressed, it can bring that encouragement. Or after a day of people gossiping on the job where you want to, that person cut you off in traffic. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just letting you know, you know, just don't allow it to get to you. You know, when my temper is flaring up, you know, I might need to breathe a verse about, <laughs> about turning the other cheek, you know, or a soft answer, turn it the way strife.
Proverbs 15. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's good that we hide the word in our heart because when the word is hidden in our heart, that's when we won't sin against God. Another point that I wanted to bring up to you all is this. Try to schedule a week, at least weekly devotion time. Um, many of you, you're in long distance relationships, so you may be FaceTiming every single day. So if you can do it more, then obviously aim to do it more. But I say try to schedule that um, weekly if you can. And, you know, because a lot of people think in order to get someone to like them, let me just go on a date and let me impress them. And you're doing all of these things that are great. But at the same time, I don't want you to be head over heels over someone that doesn't care about your God. Please take a moment to grasp that. I don't want you to be falling in love and planning your wedding with someone that that simply tolerates you being Christian. They don't have a problem with it, you know, but they don't love God. I believe you should set that weekly um, devotional time. And I believe it, it should be a specific time because it builds a routine if you were to do that. You know, so the next time you're thinking about going on a date, you two go on dates, you get to go often, you know. So what about maybe doing on a picnic, you know, go to the park, bring a Bible, you know. I mean, if you're in Florida, you know, you might feel like a sauna, you know, feel like you're in a steam room or something, you know, so it might be really hot or maybe you're in Canada or something and every day feels like a blizzard. I don't know how Canada is. I just assume you guys are always cold. But I believe that you should try to do those things, whether it's on FaceTime or anything, Safa and I, in the past, I'd be like, I would tell her, hey, um, I'm going to be reading this. We go at our own paces, and I feel like that's the reason why it's been so hard for us to do that together. But I'm like, hey, babe, I'm going to be reading, you know, Colossians. Um, So if you want to read that with me, great. We can go over chapter by chapter. We can go over it by section. Or a couple of times we sit beside each other and be like, all right, we're both going to read Romans 1. And when we're done, you know, let's come back in five minutes or so, 10 minutes or so. And then let's let me know a verse that stood out to you. Let me know um, something that impacted you because I could have skimmed right by a verse that could change my life. But and something else spoke to me and she could have been stuck on that same verse that that when she shows me what God just showed her. And I'm just like, wow, you know, I wasn't even thinking about it because I'm I'm just reading just to read, you know, and maybe God spoke to you in some way through one of the verses and you share some something with her that may that may have helped her situation or may help her in the future or help him or her. You know, obviously the situation is different, but I believe that it's good. And if you're married, try to do it more than weekly. And me saying this on this podcast right now is challenging myself. That's something I'm going to try to do, try to get it at least daily. And I know it's hard because we have a toddler and toddlers rule the world. <laughs> you know, outside of God, toddlers run the world, you know. So he determines when we when we get our free time and all that stuff, you know. So we keep we try to keep our baby on a specific time. But at the same time, don't get so busy you know, trying to impress them that you forget about your walk with God or don't get so busy doing things at church that you forget about a personal walk with God or don't get so busy with work or trying to get more money or trying to build your social media platform or whatever you're doing that you forget about. It's the importance of a walk with God, of a personal walk with God. You know, so those are things that I believe are all all should be made priority in your life. You know, so those are only a couple, you know, only a few. I've only said about five things, but I believe that those will change your relationship 
if you were to take the time and implement them. You know, so I don't know if you were already doing all five and you're looking for more, you know, maybe we could dive back into this again in the future. But for any of you that's struggling in a relationship, you're dating someone who's a bit lukewarm, you know, I know you don't want to dump them because you love them. But if they're lukewarm, you guys should be trying to implement these steps. Or maybe the person you're dating is spiritual and you're living the lukewarm life. You should be trying to implement these steps. You should be trying to grow. Whatever it is, you know, if you're only reading one verse a day, which is the Bible verse of the day, then no, pick it up to a chapter. If you're if you're only reading five minutes, see if you can finally get off social media for once and go on for 10 minutes. See if you can get off social media late at night, you know, when you should be sleeping anyways, and spend a couple more minutes with God, you know, because personal devotion isn't about doing a checklist or just saying, oh, I spent time with God today. No, it's about growing. It's about knowing who you are spiritually. It's about growing into who God has called you to be. So if you've ever had an issue or, you know, with your walk with God, I believe that these steps can can definitely help you. You know, if you're in a currently relationship, if you're in a relationship now, I believe you should share this episode with a friend. You know, for all of you that listen to the end, I hope you don't think I was rambling. You know, I believe this stuff will help you. I believe that outside of all the cute advice we could give you all, I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't tell you that it was time to be in the word of God. We're in the last days. Spiritually, people are leaving the church. People are inside the church and their hearts have already left. People are compromising left and right, and that does not have to be you. You can grow spiritually. You can be with someone um, and and still love God. You can get married and not turn away from God. You can find a godly person. You can live a godly life, and you can if you be intentional. You can if you put in the effort. You know, so again, I'm going to wrap it up because I don't want to start preaching, you know, because I might have to do an altar call, but... (laughs) But guys, please, I'm telling you, dive into the word of God. It's going to help you. And if you haven't done so already and you are on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead and leave a five-star review. I am so grateful for all of you that take the time to even do that because you don't have to. And if there are any podcast suggestions that you have, then feel free to keep sending us emails or shoot us Instagram um, messages. We don't always get to respond, but we do get to read all of the recommendations. And we just work on them and we'll release it when the time comes. And for any of you that need anything else, you know, we're just one DM away. And as always, we love you. My wife will be back on soon. And as always, we appreciate you all. God bless. Peace.